What I want to know is how your parents knew that you were going to be natty. How my parents knew? Yeah, how'd they, how'd they give you the name, the natty professor? Is that like, uh, your grandpa have the same name? Was yeah, he the natty? I'm actually the seventh. You're the seventh? Yeah, we go back seven generations. Of nat- nattiness. Down into Nigeria, yeah. We're known back there. There's statues. You're really from Nigeria? All... Yeah. Oh. I was born here, but like I still have a lot of family over there. A lot and of family the, over and there. And is this why you're jacked? I would say that's actually like 99.5% of the reason. 23andMe says so. So. Hey, 23andMe says I'm 1% Congo. 1% Congolese? Yeah. <laughs> you know the funny thing? In my pants. <laughs> it's funny you made that joke because there is a chart, right, of... Uh, a heat map of, of like no there, there is like a chart it's, it's not like it shows the penises but like it's a chart of the biggest dick sizes around the world and congo's up top there you go so there you go that's why you're you're dropping the way you drop yeah makes sense this is the second time we're talking about your penis and i feel like we need to stop i think it's the second time mm. you're talking about his penis but that's okay <laughs> and you don't you're have right. to stop no I'll, I'll end this here <laughs> this won't come up for another few episodes yeah, we'll see best. how many we do today then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, podcast number two for us. Yep. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not a bad, not a bad day. So do you really think you're jacked because you're Nigerian? Is there something to it? There's something to the genetics? Okay. You know what? Like this. Because <laughs> I, I can't say stuff like this, you know, I'll get you, in trouble. You, yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, uh, I, I, I think that plays a factor in terms of like, my propensity towards weightlifting and muscle building. Because like when I went to Nigeria, I told this to you before, you just see construction workers that they don't, they haven't lifted a day in their life, but these are like some of the most jacked people you've ever seen. And they just, they, they don't lift. They just work. You know, the amount of Nigerians I see in the NFL and other sports that are just big, the amount of personal got personal, like family members that are just big. You know, right. Or like Samoans, right? Like a lot of Samoans Samoans are, are are huge. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, there's like, (laughs) you don't want to fuck with Samoan. Like they, they are (laughs) some big people. Um, so some, there's something within, you know, your line or whatever, your lineage or where you're from that, you know, maybe they were just like, there's a country in Africa or not even a country, uh, certain tribes in like, not just Kenya, but Africa. And they just like run long distances all the time. And there's some that are really tall. There's some that are super tall, like, like the, that movie, the air up there. Like that's not a, not a fake thing. It's like that. There's, yeah. There's a tribe where everyone's like six, nine and above. Yeah. That, like that's you're kind just, of short for six, nine. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's just how it is. You look at everyone in, everyone in my family and the, the, like my place over in Nigeria. Um, and a lot of them are just big, just big looking people. Like we all have the same head shape. We all have the same like body, like type. It's just. You do kind of have a massive head. I do have a big head. It's, I, didn't want I used to be it. made fun of it as a kid. So let's be... not talk about that anymore. Hmm? Just thinking about the movie. <laughs> just Jimmy, thinking about the movie, the air up there. Jimmy Dolan, Shaken Bacon. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was a good movie. So just uh, give you guys a little, a little history here on this uh, podcast as I like to do every once in a while. I am Mark Bell. This is The Power Project, and thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Got my boy over there, Andrew Zaragoza. He's our podcast engineer. Andrew uh, came to a uh, seminar that we did with a bunch of bodybuilding.com chicks. Interestingly enough, he he showed up when we had a bunch of hot chicks in here. (laughs) Not surprised. Shows you his motivation. (laughs) But uh, after the... uh, 
after the seminar, Andrew came up to me and he was asking, uh, or maybe before the seminar, I think he asked if it was okay to take pictures, snap a bunch of photos for the day. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's great. You know, great having someone in here snapping pictures. And I was like, I could use a photographer. He had a card. So he and I fell in love shortly thereafter. And he's been working here uh, ever since <laughs> the natty professor. I'm trying to think of the first time I met the natty professor. It may have been at LA fit expo. Okay. LA fit expo. And I kind of saw you around a little bit and I think I kind of ran into you maybe at like barbell brigade or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I remember like kind of seeing you around here and there and maybe you came to the thing that we did like with Omar or something like that. It was with Omar and Mike and you. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast that we did. Yeah. So how interesting is that? So, you know, just some of these things, you know, that, that happen, um, they're like, they seem coincidental, but there's like too many good factors and too many cool things in there for them to totally be coincidental. These are things that you end up make happening, make happen for yourself. And, uh, in the case of, uh, Encima, I was like, man, I see that guy around here and there. I'm like, I need that guy in my gym. That guy's jacked. You know, why isn't that guy powerlifting type stuff? So as he, as you popped around more, I talked to you more and we ended up uh, you know, getting him to sign on the dotted line and we, uh, got him here at super training. And then kind of more recently been thinking about the podcast and thinking about, you know, always thinking about moving things forward, always thinking about ways of making things better for you guys that are listening, making things better for the fans. And I feel like, uh, I have experience and I got good perspective on things, but I also thought, Hey, you know what? Like I'm old. People probably don't want to hear from me all the time. We should bring in someone who's young, someone who's jacked, someone who's handsome. And so, uh, I hit up in SEMA and, uh, here he is. Why don't you give the, everybody a little, little background uh, on yourself there? Yeah. So I'm in SEMA. I started off playing, uh, soccer. I played soccer for 16 years, moved into bodybuilding from there. Cause I got injured. Bodybuilding was really awesome. I did a lot of shows Then I got kind of, uh, board because i was in my off season for bodybuilding started powerlifting you had striated glutes you just told me <laughs> yeah yeah you get a like lines in your you butt pictures that's yeah they're, they're mm. on my instagram i have mm. a picture sitting on the toilet and i had someone take a picture <laughs> of like my glutes if you go deep enough you'll see it i'll find it there's lots of booty pictures on my ig um damn <laughs> so he's an inst- he's an insta <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like um i did that and then i, I got into powerlifting Fell in love with that, fell in love with getting strong. And now I do jujitsu and powerlifting. I have bodybuilding training in there and it's all, uh, yeah, it's all super fun. Oh yeah. Could see the, I could see the, uh, like striated, like hip, not even necessarily just the glute. Yeah. But the hip is angry. Uh huh. Yeah. That was like, I was, I was light there. That was, uh, right before worlds. Um, so I did a show in Canada and I was like two thirty or two twenty nine or something there. So. And you yeah. know, you, you uh. <laughs> You unfortunately were given the the name at birth, the Natty Professor, <laughs> and uh, you've had to forever walk around with that name. Eighth generation, man. Eighth generation of nattiness. Um, and you, I think you said that you weighed uh, around 230 or 240 pounds with striated glutes. That's pretty rare. Um, not only, in, not even for somebody that takes stuff, but that's really rare for someone uh, that's natural to hold that amount of size. Yeah. Uh, has that always been something that you had to kind of, uh, fight off or like, what is your, or your opinions on, you know, a lot of people are, a lot lot of people are going to think that you're on stuff. You're you're a huge guy, super strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I got, I remember the, the first steroid accusation I got was when I was 16 is from one of my soccer teammates. Cause I didn't play for like three years. 
because of a whole injury thing. Um, and uh, I, st- I think I started lifting when I was 13, 16, I was like 190 pounds or something. So I went from 160 to 190 in three years. I came back, he's like, are you on steroids? I was like, nah. But ever since then, like, I've always been big on the soccer field. And when I started, like, focusing on bodybuilding, every time I'd train in the gym, and this wasn't even when I was only doing bodybuilding, but even before that, guys would always come to me and ask me what I'm on. I'm like, not on anything. They really didn't believe me. So what I- Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, you can tell me. What are you on? Yeah, what are you on? Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, when I started training people, I let my clients know that I wasn't, and, like, I- like we just worked on nutrition and stuff. But when I started doing Instagram, I'm like, well, I do kind of want people to know that I am, I'm, I'm natural. Like, it's not like, I don't think I'm better than anyone who takes steroids, but I want people to know because automatically when they look at me, they'll probably assume that I'm on something. So I made the name. Sometimes I regret <laughs> making the name because like, yes, I, even though I am natural, it, people feel that I'm like putting that in their faces all the time, but I'm not. It's just like, I don't think I'm any better than somebody who takes drugs. It's just it's something that I choose not to do. That's literally it. It doesn't, you know, if you do take drugs or whatever, like it's okay. You're just, that's what you choose to do. There's no problem with that. You know, you can be smart with it or some people aren't, but like it, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, that name, <laughs> you can't escape the name anymore. So I just embrace it at this point. Uh, that. I, I think it's, I think it's an awesome name. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's important, you know, for people to, to understand, you know, the messages that we all have. And I think from your perspective, you probably saw a lot of guys that were, you know, under 200 pounds getting really shredded for these natural shows. And it, it's probably rare to see a lot of uh, super heavyweights in uh, natural bodybuilding. And you probably wanted to make, uh, some young, young kid out there, uh, understand that, look, you know, it's not, not everybody is on stuff and this is my message. And unfortunately, because of your size, no one's going to really truly believe you. Right. Maybe so, a couple of people yeah. will, right. Maybe a yeah. couple of close friends that are like, oh, there's really no reason to lie to me. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the, one of those situations where it's like, well, maybe that will inspire somebody to, to work really hard where, you know, when someone takes stuff, it's not like it it diminishes everything that they did. And it's not like it's going to turn everybody off, but look, you know, these guys like Omar Isaf and Jeff Nippard and, uh, all these people that get really popular on IG, Bart Kwan, a lot of these guys are, are popular, uh, because they have great information, number one, mm-hmm. but number two, a lot of it has to do with them being natural. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, if I'm getting into lifting and I'm 12 and I'm like, man, I I don't really look that big. And you start following, you know, professional bodybuilders, you start looking into what they do and you look at physiques like Arnold's and stuff. And you're like, well, that's like, it's way way different than anything I can probably achieve. And you probably maybe don't even think it looks great either because it's so far away from what you're thinking for yourself. So I think in this case, you know, showing people like, Hey, this is, this is what I've been able to do. Mm-hmm. at this level this way deadlifting what 755 right 755 is my best so far yeah not too shabby not too bad how old are you in sema 26 i almost said 25 <laughs> i'm 26 oh yeah. he almost he almost lied about that in addition to lying about <laughs> being natural it's just a habit yeah that's what i was habit. gonna i was gonna say i think everyone at super training except for mark they don't believe that you're the natty professor especially smoky Smoke, smoke. Yeah, no, he's the worst. Smokey's the worst. <laughs> so wait, literally only Mark's on my side. I think so. What the hell? Damn it! Um, I hate all of you. I'm half natty on this 
your side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know it's um it's it's an amazing topic. You know, it's an amazing thing to like dive into because I think it's it's easy to say, oh, you know, this guy the guy uses shit, so you know, he, of course he's going to be that big. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And so, and something I I learned very early on, and this is actually rang true for the most part. Anyone who is above 220 pounds and is 10% body fat or lower, mm -hmm. that should, that should set off. If you care, <laughs> that should set off a little bit of an alarm, yeah. you know, doesn't mean the guy's on stuff and the height obviously plays into it uh, a lot too, because if someone's six, seven, it kind of messes things up a little mm -hmm. bit, but yeah, if you're, if you're a certain body weight, a certain body fat percentage, those things are hard to achieve, uh, from, from a natural standpoint. So it, it always kind of raises the question, but I think you're better off having people, uh, you know, accuse you of being on stuff. I think it's, I think it's kind of great. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it used to really, really bother me. Like I used to get personally offended. Like I'd see there's, there's so many posts on Reddit that just threads about like my status and it used to really get to me. But at, at this point I've been really happy with the individuals that like send me messages that are making progress and they aren't on anything. And, and it's not like, again, I want to make sure to let all y'all know that I don't think anyone's better if they don't, or if they do take drugs, I don't think so. Okay. If you do, there's not a problem with that. But a lot of individuals that are just like, Hey, uh, I'm, I've been improving. I've been working out. I've been getting into these habits and I haven't taken anything. I get satisfaction out of that because that's the only message I'm trying to send. I don't ever say if you lift or whatever you can get as big as me. No, I'm like, I, I spread ideas and concepts to help you get better with your own potential. And a lot of people think that they want to be massive, but they start lifting for a few years and they get a certain physique and yeah, they might not be absolutely massive, but they're happy with what they've been able to attain. Yeah. Like you'd be pleasantly surprised, you know, if you just put in the time and train and give yourself the time to get better. I, let me say this one thing. Mm -hmm. I think that if I had, oh yeah. Try glutes. <laughs> yeah. If I had Instagram back when I was 13 years old, I think that it would have really made it difficult for me to, you know, just focus on lifting and enjoying mm. lifting. Um, now, since you can see all these different people at different levels, you see the peak and you want to be at the peak right now. I wasn't thinking about the peak. I was just like, I want to get big and jacked and I want to like, I love lifting and that was it, you know, but if you start like you're like you're 16 and you see all these Instagram celebs looking all jacked and stuff. It makes it, it there's, it messes with you mentally. It would have messed with me too. This is the biggest red flag I've seen thus far. <laughs> I, I got, I got to out angle Mike O'Hearn. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. He is bigger than me, but in this picture, he's definitely not. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, that's, that's a, that's actually an awesome picture. Yeah. I think the only person natty is that little kid down there at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, natty one, um, you know, you've been able to, you've been able to go from, you know, being, what'd you say? 130 or something like that? Or 140 pounds. When I started lifting, I was like 155, 160. I was 13. That was when I was 13. <laughs> And, uh, nowadays you're what, 250? I walk around 245, 250, sometimes a little lighter, but. How have you been able to, you know, gain this kind of size and like, are you meticulous with like writing things down and like scheduling things? Like, did you used to schedule your meals and like, like, how did you kind of get to this point? Was this a big goal? Like, I want to weigh 220, I want to weigh 230, I want to weigh 250. 
Yeah. So when I started, um, when I started lifting only, and that was after my injury in college, uh, that's when I started like focusing on bodybuilding and meal prep and all that type of stuff. When I was playing soccer, I still was meal prepping here and day, here and there, but it wasn't as meticulous because like majority of the time I was on the field. Um, meal prep was huge for me when I started learning how to track macros and stuff because I had a plan for what I was going to eat. Um, on the days that I didn't do that, it would be very difficult for me to hit the numbers I wanted to hit because if I didn't hit those numbers, then I wouldn't have the goal to get to the weight I wanted to get to. Um, so that's, that's when all of that started. Nowadays, uh, I still plan and I still know what I'm going to be eating, but I'm not as meticulous in terms of like the, I don't even track anymore, but again, it's just because like I've tracked before, I have a good understanding <laughs> on food. Um, I don't snack as much as I, I don't snack ever anymore. Actually, I don't have any snack foods just because I'm that type of person who like when I start eating something I like, and it's like a small thing. Uh, I'll go to town. I know that about myself. So like, I just don't have it. You know, it's not, do you think it's uh, problematic for, you know, somebody that has big goals with, uh, athletics or someone who has big goals with their physique or their strength? Mm -hmm. Do you think snacks can be problematic? Maybe they're like taking up room for otherwise more valuable things. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, yes. Um, it depends on like some people are just really good at controlling themselves around food like that. And so they can have something once a day and be fine. Exactly. Yeah. A pack of 30 will last them 30 days. You know? <laughs> yeah. Me, a pack of 30 will last six days, five days. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people already know when they go into a diet or they go into doing anything with athletic performance, they can go back and think, every time I bought this, did it actually last me as long as it was supposed to last? No. Then the chances of it actually doing that this time, it's not going to work. So how about just not buying it? That's what I had to do personally. And it's worked great for me. Like I can still have control with the amount of food I eat. Right. But at this point, I still know that if I buy granola bars, I'll eat them all. There's some things that I do that help uh, with control. Um, you know, one thing is just, I might buy something, but I'll buy like one of it. And when it's, it's gone, it's gone. And I don't mm -hmm. buy it again for a while. Something like, you know, because I pr primarily do ketogenic diet. So I might buy like heavy cream or something like that. It's pretty rare. Cause like, I really, I love heavy cream. I love throwing it in different things. Yeah. And so I don't buy it that often, but when I do buy it, I buy a small one. I have it for, you know, hopefully it lasts a few days, but I have it for a few days mm -hmm. and then it's gone. I don't buy it again. It's just, it's just kind of, it's a way of like planning and you're mentioning meal prep. And I think sometimes forget, uh, that, you know, prep means preparation. It's a way to get ahead. It's a yeah. way to be prepared for something that's, that's coming next. Right. And so I think as individuals, we kind of think each day is just gonna, um, each day is just going to wash over us like this giant ass tidal wave. Like we don't have any idea what's coming and uh, a tidal wave could hit us one day. A tornado could hit us the next, a hailstorm could hit us the next, a snowstorm, right? We just, it, it, it amazes me. Like we go on and on each day as if we don't know what's happening and you could be prepared. You could, you know, I really love the term or the idea rather the concept of meal prep, because what is that doing? it's safeguarding you from making a bad decision. It's safeguarding you away. You know, some people might say, oh, if you're going to have a child, man, you, you better make sure or a puppy or something. You need to child proof the house, yeah. right? You need to like fat proof your house. You need to like fat proof yourself. And one of the best ways you can do that is to start to get on a schedule, start to 
start to prepare, start to, uh, start to prepare your foods and just have ideas of what is this going to, what is tomorrow going to look like? Uh, for you, for example, like what is, what did today look like? What was, what, what did today bring you? Yeah. So, I mean, this morning I had everything laid out. I was, I meditated first thing in the morning. Then I was doing a voiceover for a Did you say levitate? Levitated. Yes. I do a little bit of levitation every single morning. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I meditated in the morning first thing. And then I started doing a voiceover thing for a stretching routine. Then I went to jujitsu, came here and all of that was planned out. I'm going to go back home, finish that up, finish up the work I have. I'm hopefully going to be done working by maybe six tonight. Then I'm going to eat and just relax for the rest of the night if I can. And how wildly different will tomorrow be? Uh, tomorrow will be a little bit different because I don't do jujitsu until the evening. But again, like I, I, but you already know exactly. I have a, I know. Um, and I do have a planner that I use. Like I, I don't just like, it's not just like a blank thing. I have a journal that's segmented. So it has all the things and I can plan it out. Makes that easy for me. Um, and everything's usually set up for me. So like, I know what I'm going to like probably go eat the night before. I know where I'm going to be going the night before. I like that just so that I don't need to think about it the next day. Um, when I didn't use the schedule, things were a lot more difficult. There was more uh, curveballs that came at me. There was a lot of things that I would forget because like I didn't think about the things I had to do. So since there were so many things on my mind, I'd do certain things and then I'd remember at the end of the night, oh, I forgot to text this person back or I forgot to email this client back. But Ever since I started scheduling stuff more often, everything's just much easier and there's way less stress involved in my life. Yeah. I was going to say a fantastic way to manage stress is to write down some of the things that you're going to do, try to schedule these things. How long you been with your girlfriend for? Two years. And, uh, so even after being with her for two years, you still kind of have, I know some things are spontaneous, but you still have an idea of when you guys are going to go out to eat. Like you're probably like. Well, you know, Thursday I got jujitsu later. And so, you know, I, how about, you know, Friday or how about Wednesday? Right. And then you can, but all while doing all that, um, and I'm not saying you need to be a maniac. So don't get the, don't get this, uh, picture kind of mixed up. I'm not saying you need to be like super meticulous and on point with every single thing in your life. But if you already know that you're going out with a significant other loved one, and you know, okay, that's going to be, you know, Wednesday night and it's at seven and it's at an Italian restaurant where there's really just, there's, I'm not going to go to an Italian restaurant and just order the salad and have mm-hmm. the dressing on the side, right? You want to en- enjoy yourself. So why not prepare yourself for that? Why not yeah. prep yourself for that? Write that down your schedule. Then you can kind of look at the whole day or maybe even the day before and kind of prep for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, maybe you throw in a little cardio so you can enjoy a little bit more food, or maybe you finish your workout with something a little bit more intense than you normally would. Yeah. There's definitely ways to prep into this stuff. You could also say, you know what? Well, man, you know, they have that garlic bread there and I'm going to smash that. And, uh, you can fast your way into it. You can also maybe potentially fast your way out of it. But if you know when it's coming, it makes a lot of sense to really be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Especially with the meal thing you mentioned, because like a lot of times you like to get breakfast and I'll go to breakfast. I'll, I'll usually, um, unless I'm like really not hungry and I can't do it. Um, I'll just like maybe just not fast for that day, but I'm usually prepared for it. Cause we know when we're going to do that. Uh, one thing that there's this, you know, Damon John and John is yeah, guy, absolutely. founder of FUBU. He had mm-hmm. this book, I forgot the name of the book, but I heard something in there. I was like, huh? Like, yeah, I schedule stuff, but I never thought of it. And he was like, he schedules his family time. And 
I was, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cold. But at the same time, it's like, if you're such a busy person and you know you have these loved ones that you want to have time with, you got to make sure that you do everything beforehand so that you're going to have time for these people. And I started trying, I'm still working to be better at making sure that I schedule time to spend with her because I found that when I don't do that and I let kind of things go off the fly and off the cuff, I don't get to spend as much time with her as I'd like. And she doesn't get to spend as much time with me as she likes. So I, I even try and put that in. And then if I can manage more time than that, and great, all the better. But like the, the thing that I think a lot of people think when they like, I got to schedule stuff is that they got to stick to it. For, like they look at the times, oh, I didn't do this at this time. Then it's like all ruined. It's not because like the cool thing is that you have it all written down. You know kind of what you got to do. If a curveball, if a curveball comes at you, you can move things down a little bit and you, yeah. you, you have an action plan for that. It's not all ruined just because you didn't stick to your exact times. And also you're going to be ahead a lot of times when you're prepared, you're going to be ahead. So if something does get shifted, it's not as big of a deal. And then even, you know, beyond uh, just your, uh, your loved ones, you know, what about just like a friend, you know, like how often do we push our friends off to the side and we forget too, we forget how good that makes us feel and how important that is to us to have that interaction with, with, with your best friend or, or with somebody you just haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And so if you're scheduling these things and you're, and you're kind of thoughtful about it, you could say, you know what, man, like I've been, I've been working my face off. You know, that buddy that I've been, uh, been hanging around with since high school, I need to just, I need to reach out to him, see what he's doing. I need, just need a day, you know, to be a little different, a little different because as we, as we get older, a lot of times the friends that you have, they change quite a bit because the location that you live in changes. Uh, a lot of things change about us. And so you might not, I grew up in New York, so I don't have any, none of my like original friends from there. None of them live out here or anything like that. And I rarely see any of them, but I might communicate uh, a little bit through like Facebook or something like that, or mm -hmm. through a text messages or something like that. Um, but again, it's, it's important that you communicate with those people because those are the people that knew you kind of before you had these other interests now. And so sometimes it's a relief. You know, I got like, I got one friend <laughs> and, and this is kind of like, just because I've always been into like fitness pretty much, but I only have one friend that's like not involved at all in, in lifting or he cares about, you know, uh, staying in shape. So I'll like run here and there, but like yeah. he doesn't. And so like having conversation with him or hanging out with him is really, really uh, great therapy for me because he's not going to ask a nutrition question <laughs> or he, he, he's not going to ask a question about the bench. Not that I, I do love that. I love talking about that and I never get tired of it. It never grows old, but it's a change of pace and it's, it's takes you back. Nostalgia can be a really powerful thing. So those are things you want to try to even schedule too. Yeah. One thing that Nsema said that was a huge eye opener for me, um, I'll try to schedule everything out, you know, but with my job here, sometimes, you know, an emergency photo shoot will pop up and that derails my day or I'll have a, you know, okay, I'm going to work on all these assets for, you know, highlighting a podcast that previously happened. And then, oh, wait, we're going to actually have a guest in, so we're going to record another podcast. So it's like, okay, well, what's the point of me doing it if I can't really schedule things out that are going to stick? And, you know, parents, you know, with multiple kids can probably, you know, attest to the same thing. Like, anything can happen with kids, right? But what he said was, like, you, all, you now have a list of things that you wanted to accomplish. Okay, so you're already ahead there. So I think that's huge, you know, and I've been using the excuse of like, well, I don't really know exactly what tomorrow's going to bring, so I'm not even going to bother scheduling it. But 
I'm just using that as an excuse to, you know, not do it. So that way I can't get ahead and, you know, but if I write my day down as I hope it goes down, Mm -hmm. I'll at least know, okay, well, shit, you wrote this down. So at least get that done. Okay. Something happens. Okay. Deal with that and still get this other thing done. And then, you know, the thing that you said also about like scheduling time with your girlfriend, you know, scheduling time with my fiance and my family, that's huge because then I have like a uh, like a shot clock to get all my other work done, so that way I can be with them. Yeah. Well, and that other stuff gets <clears throat> gets brushed brushed aside too, right? Like, yeah, because each thing is going to kind of move, you know, up the priority list, and things will move down. And uh, yeah, time to hang out with your fiance. That's probably a good time to stop work. That's probably a good mm-hmm. time to stop like editing a photo. It's probably a good time to yeah, like just hang out with the one that you care about. Yeah. And I'm not perfect at this as she can probably attest, but I'm much better at it than I used to be because like I try in the little journal I have, it sets a time that you ideally want to finish working by the end of the day. So like Andrew said, it sets like a, it sets a shot clock. This is what I'm aiming to be done so that I have this time to be with this person. So I, before that, when I wasn't like, when I wasn't scheduling a time that I wanted to be done with everything, I'd sometimes just kind of let work take a little bit longer than it should or maybe i'm mm-hmm. i'm doing something for too long or i'm dicking around maybe going mm-hmm. on instagram and spending a little bit of time doing that when i shouldn't be because i didn't set a time to finish something yeah so when you set a start and a finish time it also helps you become more productive in getting that thing done out of the way so you can move to whatever's more important yeah next. and if you really want to solidify that shot clock tell your significant other like hey i'm going to be working in here for the next two hours yeah you're you will not pick up your cell phone to dick around on instagram when you tell someone else that you're going to be done in two hours you yep know? so that's huge <laughs> yeah and i think you know I, i've always been uh very unorganized and I've kind of done things, uh, I've had to figure things out my, in my own way. And I've always done things a little backwards. So if you need to work, if you need to work into something like this, uh, by figuring out like what the end of your day looks like, that might not be a bad thing. Cause you, you might be like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing tomorrow morning. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And maybe, maybe you have a work schedule or, or maybe you don't. And if you don't have a work schedule, which I never really have. <laughs> if you don't have a work schedule, then it gets to be really hard to kind of figure out, yeah, what does my day look like? So maybe work yourself backwards. Say, okay, well, you know, dinner happens at seven and, uh, let me set the day up from there. I know I want to exercise, I want to exercise before dinner. Do I want to exercise in the morning and start to kind of pick and choose, uh, when you're going to do certain things. Now, if you do have a work schedule, obviously you're going to schedule that in and you're going to work your way around that. But I think a lot of people don't even schedule when they work which would be the kind of almost the first thing that you would put down mm-hmm. so that you have a good understanding of like these hours are blocked off. I don't have the opportunity to really do a lot else other than like, you know, have my breaks and have my lunch and that's my work time. And then you can schedule everything else uh, accordingly and schedule everything around that. That's helped me a ton um, in the last about two years. Uh, before that, I did what you did where it was like just a real crapshoot. I didn't know it was coming next. And that was always exciting, but <laughs> caused a lot of anxiety. And then like, I missed stuff too. Like I, I, you know, uh, forgot an appointment or just end up crazy late to something. And it's like, man, that's a really poor representation of yourself. You could probably do better. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of this conversation is we're trying to teach you guys some possible ways that you could do better. Yeah. That's, that, that's the biggest thing you said there, right there, that you know, things would hit you. And you didn't even know, like, I don't have many curveballs now. There, there isn't many things that I know I have to do that I'm unprepared for. I forget, you know, forgetting used to be a big thing because there were so many different tasks. But now, if, at least if it's all written down, 
even if I'm not hitting the times I want to hit it, I know what I got to do. I had somebody a few days ago um, hit me up and they were talking about motivation and they were talking about, um, they have a hard time kind of like honing in on something. They're like, uh, basically they said, um, I just, I have a hard, I have a tough time with like, you know, uh, scheduling stuff. Like I end up, like you said, on Instagram for too long or social media and, and then I don't feel like doing anything. I'm not motivated. They, their exact words are, they're not motivated to do anything. And I thought, well, that's definitely not true. And this is actually something I heard uh, Jordan Peterson uh, mention as well. He's like, it's not true. You are motivated by something. You're motivated by sitting on the couch and you're motivated by being on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't trying to be a wise ass about it, but, but that's kind of, that's kind of thought process that you need to start to, to develop. Like, okay, first of all, you're not a worthless hunk of shit. You just are a human. And we all want to, we all want to sit down. We all want to just relax. We all want to, we're all going to justify drinking alcohol. We're all going to justify, there's always reason to celebrate. There's always reason to eat that cookie. There's always reason to eat that ice cream. Uh, we're always going to justify these things. We're going to justify the things that we're doing because we know that they're not great. They're, they're going against our principles, going against our wishes. They're going against our goals. Mm -hmm. And if you could start to think about, most people are way stronger than they think. You know, most people, somebody might be a single, a single parent uh, mother, a single parent father, something like that. And they're like, man, I don't have the willpower to not eat potato chips. And you're like, are you kidding me? Like you are like, you're, you are insanely strong in these other areas of your life. You can take that energy and you can pour it into this. But in my opinion, a lot of this starts with scheduling things out and trying to manage some sort of organization in your life because the organization will keep you prepared. The prep will keep you ahead. And if you can stay ahead, you don't have as much stuff to worry about lowers your anxiety, lowers your stress, and it builds, it builds upon itself. Success will build success. And when you prove to yourself day in, day out, hey, look, these are things I wrote down and holy shit, 10 out of 10, I followed it all. Then you feel like a champ, even if what you've written down uh, wasn't that many different things, even if it was just a couple things, but you stayed true to the schedule, you're going to feel like a champ by the end of the day. Yeah. You'll, you'll feel accomplished. You'll feel like you've won. I think that's that's the big reason why, like, I like to also do some things the night before, or, like have that planned out so that I don't have to think in the morning. I don't, I, and when I get those first few wins, it sets up like a, like a, what's the, what's the what am I looking for? Well, momentum. It sets yeah. up momentum for the day. Um, I was, I was going to ask you this because it, you're, you, are you a pretty tidy like person like at home and do you have things pretty like organized around you? You know what? I'm not, I, um. I'm, I'm not, uh, super neat. I mean, uh, up until just a couple of weeks ago, like I just started picking up my socks. Okay. Like I leave my socks all over, like, just like little things like that. Um, I'm not like, I myself am not like messy. Um, like I, you know, I always, you know, do the best I can with like myself, but like my drawers in my, you know, that my dresser and like all that stuff in like my closet. Mm -hmm it's just overflowing with clothes. And like, I, I should have probably threw all these things out a million yeah. years ago, but I, like, I, I don't get distracted by that stuff because I just, the night before I always just pull out whatever clothes I need. So mm -hmm. I, I prepare for the next day, but I'm not like the kind of guy that's gonna, you know, meticulously like wipe down the counter and like, but I'm also not a, I'm not a pig by any means, but 
you know, I, I create dishes and I create a lot of laundry for my wife. Yeah. Well, what I was, what I was wondering at that is you, you, you're not a pig and you're not like super messy. And I've, I've, I've been to your place before. It's not a dirty place. Right. Okay. Um, and I think there is a little bit of a correlation because it worked really well for me in terms of like, like getting your, the surroundings that you're going to be in, like to be fairly, not like super clean or super wiped down, but like, I don't know, just clear. Not distracted. Yeah. Not distracted. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. when you, when you see somebody that you're talking to in person and they're super heavy and I see them at these like trade shows, they're super heavy, they're sweating, they're kind of frantic. Mm -hmm. Like you could see they're real stressed out. They're trying to tell you something, but they can barely get the words out. You can only imagine what that person's car looks like, what that person's house looks like. I'm not talking about from a financial perspective. I'm talking about their car probably has, you know, a bunch of bottles and soda cans and stuff in it and their, yeah. their houses or where they live. Is, and you can't always judge a book by its cover. True. But you would imagine that this person's always kind of shuffling around. They're always a little bit behind. And it can all start by trying to figure out a way, how do I organize some of this stuff better? How do I put this next to this so I don't have to, I think we spend a lot of time every day in search of stuff. Yeah. I mean, literally like that's why the internet's so popular because you can search on there, right? Uh -huh. We're like in search of shit nonstop every single day. And it's like, well, you already know where a lot of these things are. This is not the internet. You know, lay out the shorts that you want for the gym tomorrow. Lay out the shirt that you want. Plan yourself ahead. You you have you bought the food. You know it's in your fridge. Cook it up. Yeah. Put it into something that you can carry with you, so you're prepared. Exactly that and the re yeah that's that's why I asked you that question because personally for me, all the times I remember when I was frantic, when I wasn't uh, where I wanted to be, or I wasn't heading towards where I wanted to be, were also times where my surroundings didn't look the way I wanted them to look, and I just left them that way. Um, I, I wasn't like it, it, my surroundings kind of reflected where I was at that point in time. When I got simple things done, like making sure JBP, making sure your bed is paid, like uh, your bed is made and all these other small things around in my surroundings and where I am, everything else kind of, I just started getting on top of everything else too. I think that plays a role. Like you can schedule a lot of things and for some people, maybe it is fine if you have a mess around, but you might even try just clean up your space. Yeah. And then when you clean up your space, you might be also motivated to start cleaning up the way you act and cleaning up the way you do things, scheduling things out is don't have other things to worry about around you. Yeah. You could cut out a lot of distraction. And I think I like the concept of, uh, you know, having everything kind of like functioning so well to where people are like, man, how in the world does that guy do it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like even if they don't have that response, that's what you want to think in your head that that they're thinking like man this guy's you know he's got it all all going on he's got a beautiful girlfriend or a beautiful wife hopefully not both um, <laughs> he's got you know beautiful kids and he's got this he's got that he's got this business going he's got that going and um everything you see that they have is not i'm not talking like financial thing i'm not talking about like these big beautiful things or anything like that but everything the person has or does is like buttoned up and it's like a hundred percent you're like damn this guy did bodybuilding. Damn, this guy did powerlifting. Shit, man. Now he's doing jujitsu. He said he wants to be a black belt in five years. Like, I don't, I get shit, man. Like, I, I ain't going to, you know, I'll doubt a lot of people, but I ain't going to doubt that dude because that guy has, you know, proved time and time again that he can figure it out, that he can win. And that's what you're, that's what you want to do. I think 
you know, it's, uh, it does feel good when somebody recognizes me as a power lifter and, or an inventor or uh, owner of super training gym or whatever they might bigger, stronger, faster, whatever they might recognize me from those things feel really good, but those are not things that I care to really be known for. I'd rather be known for being a hard working motherfucker. You know, I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather be known for like shit, man. Like whether somebody likes me or doesn't like me, like, well, that guy, that guy works his balls off, man. I saw him power lift and he weighed three thirty, and I saw him step on stage in a bodybuilding show. Like that guy's dedicated. And I see him popping up pictures of his uh, wife and his kids and this and that. So I think that's what we're all after. We're after some recognition, right? But it, it's not necessary recognition for this one tiny thing that you happen to do, uh, to make an income. It's from something much bigger, which is that you're somebody that puts a lot of time into every single thing that you do and you try to do the best you possibly can at it, whether it's your relationship or your work or just whatever it is, you're putting in a hundred percent. Yeah. How long did it take for you to start? You kind of realize like, okay, I, my desk is a little messy. I, I need to clean this up and then do that, maintain that and still maintain high level everything else. Cause I, reason why I'm asking, cause I'm thinking I have tons of stuff that I need to be cleaning up my workspace. My favorite place to work at home mm-hmm. is just a 100% plain desk in a room that nobody goes into cause it's too cold. Yeah. Um, my actual desk that I work at is filthy and I hate working there. Mm-hmm. Like I told Stephanie, like, Hey, I'm going to work in the kitchen cause I cannot work at my desk cause it, it bothers me. Yeah. Um, I know I need to clean up. I need to clean up in here also, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking, Okay, I got to clean up in here. I got a podcast. I got to be present for the podcast. I got to train later. I got to make sure my food's going. So it's it's falls in line with what Mark always says, which is do more, be more. Yeah. Right now, I can't do all of it 100%, but I can maybe get like 10% of the cleaning stuff done. Um, for yourself, how long do you think it took for you before you actually like were able to maintain like the tidiness while still being a savage in the gym and with your clients and stuff? I think that, I'm way more consistent than I am, I've ever been. Um, and that's been for maybe like a good, you know, two years now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not, like there are times when my desk gets to a place where I'm not happy with it. And I know like, okay, nah, this, okay, this, this isn't working out. But I can also see like when that happens, that's why I asked Mark that because there for me personally, there's a correlation with the way my surroundings look and the way that I do everything else. I feel mm-hmm. You know, my workouts don't go as great because my morning wasn't as great because my uh, my surroundings weren't the way I wanted them to be. It all kind of cascades for me. Um, I'm not like OCD about anything, but at the same time, I know that when I can have one win and I can see that everything around me like looks good, then I also feel good and I work much better. Um, I think that's a process. Like I've known that for a long time since I was a teenager. You know, whenever I'd like clean my room, I'd feel better and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd do better. And when it was dirtier, I wouldn't. But it just took, uh, it, it, I had to get to a point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to make this a way that I live. Um, and from there, now I don't really have to think about it anymore. I can keep things the way they are. Yeah, they'll, they'll get to a place where I don't like it, but I'll immediately recover because I know how it affects me in other like places in mm-hmm. my life. And not everyone's that way. That's, you know, not, not everyone's that way, but I found for me that it's been really helpful to also not just be productive, you know, in the gym and with work, but also have my surroundings looking good too. The greatest respect you can ever earn is from yourself, you know? So if you can think of like, if I just tidy this up a little bit, if I clean this up a little bit, even if you're not someone that really cares about something being that neat, just don't let it get overly messy. And whatever that level is for you, 
de- determine mm-hmm. like yeah. you know hey like i gotta throw away some shit and you know i think uh you know do more be more some of the message that i share and some of the message you might see from entrepreneurs and is you might think like and i just mentioned you know being a hundred percent everything you do th- that can kind of get uh misconstrued and, and taken out of context a little bit i'm not talking about you know streamlining everything and being a maniac all the time with everything because i think the truth of it is if we go back to the last podcast that we did about training uh where did we say you know you should land with your lifting a lot of times right so no misses in your lifting like you're not going so heavy that you can't do it so don't try to lift a load that you can't pick up in in life do do you know in in power lifting i've said this before on the show I power lifted everything in my whole life. It takes me a longer time to learn things and I need a lot of rest and recovery from stuff in order to get it. So it might take me one year, two years, three years, five years, seven years to learn something that somebody else learned in three or two or one or in a day. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't make you stupid. What it, what it teaches you is persistence and patience. So rather than thinking about like, I'm going to go after every single day, uh, at RPE of 10, you know, maybe each day is more like you're not trying to set out to be anything less than the best you can possibly be. But if you go at everything at a 10 all the time, you're going to be very disappointed in yourself. So you're almost more like trying to be more like a seven, which sounds, Mm -hmm. which might sound wrong, but if your perceived effort, your perceived exertion is a hundred on everything, like whatever that is probably isn't working anyway. Like if you try to put a hundred percent into your relationship, then the relationship's probably not meant to be. It's probably not a two-way street. But if you can put 70 in and your wife or girlfriend puts in 70, then you can then you can both probably be on the same page and you can recover from each day. Otherwise, everything's just way too intense. Yeah. Just like when I when I first started jujitsu, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go five, six times a week. <laughs> Didn't work out. I was too tired. I couldn't handle it. How so. how many seconds would it take you to get me tired in jujitsu? Like just knowing, like I'm a I'm a big guy. I'm going to try to use my strength. It would take you like maybe thirty seconds. It wouldn't take long. It wouldn't yeah. take long at all. I'd be yeah. tapping out every five seconds because I'm like shit, man. And Seema's big and he's strong and he's got technique. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> now, obviously, like if you don't have any technique and you're going against somebody that's been doing it for a while, you're probably going to get slaughtered almost no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. But even if I was just more calm and I let things kind of take place naturally. Uh, First of all, it'd be less painful for me. He'd yeah. probably beat me up a lot less because he wouldn't, he wouldn't have to, uh, he wouldn't have to exert his, uh, his knowledge and technique. But in addition to that, I could, uh, I can kind of just, you know, try to play it cool and try to bide my time and who knows, maybe he messes up or something. I doubt it, but maybe, he does. <laughs> but, you, but I wouldn't get tired. I wouldn't get tired as quick. Yeah. yeah. And then over time, you know, cause you set you initially wanted to get that small one of going three times a week, then four, then five, then six then seven to eight sessions. Now I can do seven to eight sessions a week without it being too difficult. And a lot of people, when they start jujitsu, they see that I'm doing seven to eight sessions a week. And then they're like, that's what I need to do. I want to do <laughs> seven to eight sessions a week. Like, nah, start off with three. I start off with three. You get better, mm-hmm. bump it up to four and five. Do things gradually. Get better at these things like scheduling and keeping things tidy gradually. You know, life is, life is tough, man. It's so <laughs> hard to see somebody else and be like, I mean, immediately, that's the first thing that you think, you like think, man, I got to be doing that. Yeah. I've had, I've had a few people, uh, over the last couple of years say like, I don't know, I, I said something about, I think it was about like John Cena or somebody and 
somebody was like shocked that I said something and I said something about his body or something, how, you know, he's a like good looking guy. He's a stud. He's good at everything. I was like, I hate him. And they were like, I can't believe you said that about somebody. I can't believe you would be jealous. I'm like, everybody's jealous. Are you kidding me? Like I'm, I'm jealous of the smallest things, you know, yeah. I, you're always going to have uh, some of that. So it's really hard to like, you see somebody doing a certain program on Instagram. You see somebody doing a certain style of lift or a certain diet. And, and they're in good shape and they have kind of the body that you want. They have the house that you want. Like, man, I need to do that same thing. I need to jump on that. And then what you're doing is you're refocusing, right? You're refocusing and re-aiming, again, that intensity, which might be a 10, which is a great intention, but you're probably going to wear out quick doing that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not sustainable. Like, I think it is, though, it, it is good to see people like yourself, right? the rock and these other individuals and look at them and to be like, I want to get there somehow. And it's not even, even if there's jealousy there, it's not malicious. Let's right. just say, I don't even think jealousy is the right word, more so potential admiration towards what they'd been able to achieve and what they'd been able to do. And now that you have that goal, like you can orient yourself to try and go in that direction. Cause that's positive. If you see a, a guy with some crazy apples on Instagram, right. And you're, you know, you're not in the shape you want to be in that's not a bad goal to aim towards. It's not a bad thing to be ad to admire that individual or to admire what they're doing and to try and learn how to get there. It's, it's, it's not a problem. I see you and the money you have and all, like these things. It's not bad for, for me to be able to have those types of goals for myself because I see someone doing it and I want to do it too. So it just depends on how you look at it. But I think that the big thing is, you know, when you do see these individuals with these bodies or this or that, to give yourself the time to get there. Cause I think a lot of people, the, and even myself, sometimes what we lack is patience, you know, to let ourselves improve at dieting, to let ourselves it's improve. It's going to take at, time. Yeah. To, to get better at what we're doing. Patience is the biggest thing. Yeah. How far out do you guys schedule things? Just daily? Uh, or? So I actually just, I actually just looked at my phone to kind of check as we were talking. Cause I wanted to see, you know, all the way through April, there's like a dot. You know, mm -hmm. there's a dot on every, on every single day. So, um, I try to schedule things out, uh, pretty far, you know, pretty far in advance. And that's, that's more stuff like, uh, guests coming here and things like that. Um, as soon as I'm made aware of it, I try to kind of like lock it in. I'll even just say, I'll even just ask someone, Hey, give me a tentative date, you know, give me like, just say, you know, December 5th and I'll, I'll, I'll write it down for now. And then I can kind of circle back and I can look at my calendar. I can say, oh shit, that's coming up. I need to verify, like, is this guy actually coming or whatever? And so, yeah, I try to schedule things out, uh, as far as I can. And even certain things that I start to like, I just make sure that they're permanently in my schedule too. Like, uh, I got yoga in a little bit, so we'll have to jet out of here soon. But, you know, certain things that I start to like or enjoy, I try to, you know, put those in. Like, I want to do that every week or, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. I know my daily habits at this point. I know the things that I got to do. I know I need to be at the gym at this times on these days. I need to be at jujitsu. So those things are done. Um, whenever I have to schedule a client in or like there's an expo coming up. So when that's in there, I'll have that in there in my calendar so that as it's getting closer, I can make sure that everything's clear for that to happen. Um, but like, I think a good habit for anyone who's, you know, trying, like we mentioned, scheduling food, a big habit on like getting more fit is scheduling the gym so that I mean, even I don't have time for the gym. Yeah. Write it in. Right? Yeah. Write, write it, it down. Yeah. Write in the time that you, you're going to be able to get there because like a lot people of are like, I work Monday through Friday, you know, from eight to eight and I have a huge schedule and I'm too tired when I get home. And then Saturday, Sunday, I spend time with my girlfriend 
it's like, okay, you know, you, you sound like you're getting very stressed by even the conversation of, <laughs> of exercise, but let's do a couple things. Let's a, let's reevaluate your version of exercise because yeah. maybe like, maybe you think that you have to go five days a week and it has to be for two hours at a time. Uh, and if you're somebody that hasn't exercised at all, your exercise can look many, many different ways. But if we're talking about like going to a gym and actually lifting weights, I doubt that you're really doing a whole lot with your girlfriend at like four o'clock in the morning on Saturday and Sunday or whatever time it is that you would have to wake up in order to hit the gym, get back and hang out with her and do whatever. But that's two days that you knocked out. And then could you wake up early on one day? Could you wake up uh, on Wednesday and uh, hit another day at the gym? You probably could. And mm -hmm. even if you missed here and there, it wouldn't be a big deal. You got two more days than you did before. Exactly. You don't have to do everything at the highest cap capacity possible, you know? You don't have to work out seven days a week. But I think uh, another thing is there is going to be a little bit of sacrifice. For some people, that sacrifice is waking up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday and a Sunday. And it's there, but they don't want to do it. But there will not everything is going to be super easy. But when you build the habit of it, it becomes habitual, and then it is super easy. You know, but you got to at least start. It's not even a thought. It's not a thought. It's not even a thought anymore. Like, how hard is fasting for you now? Yeah, I don't think about it. I don't, like, hunger is hunger to me now. I never, it, you know what? I was having this thought earlier. When we get hungry, our, we immediately say we have to go eat something. But, I mean, when we get horny, are we like, we have to go something right now? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you like, I got to go find something? No, you're, you're not like that. And if you you're are. Like wait for appropriate time. Yeah. yeah, back up a little bit if you're doing that, you know? But I think that's that's what we need to build because we have this habit and it starts when we're young to you know, we're hungry, find a snack, you're this, but with every other thing, you know, when you're tired and you have a lot of work to do, do you always just go immediately to sleep? <laughs> no, that's a great example. You know, you, you don't. So yeah. yeah. And even, and even when you're like a lot of good things happen from, uh, allowing things to, to be a certain way, like something like hunger or, uh, leaning into resistance. And you know, when you're, when you start to get really hungry, your hunger hormone increases. Well, guess what also increases your growth hormone in your body. People that fast and do extended fasting, they have higher levels of growth hormone, which can help with all kinds of different things in your body. So it's, there, there is a lot of give and take and there's some sacrifice or some, you're going to give up some ground here and you're going to give up some ground there, but in the end, you'll be that much further ahead. When it comes to scheduling stuff too, you can really look at not just, uh, like dinner dates and stuff like that, but you can even look at like vacations and things like that. Like I, you know, coming up, I'm going to go to Italy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to enjoy Like I'm not just going to Italy just to like kind of go with my kids and snap some pictures for social media. I, I want to enjoy the experience. And so how do you experience going to Italy? Well, you got to have gelato and you got to have pizza and you got to have, uh, you know, Italian food, right? Which mm -hmm. is very, very rich in calories and tastes amazing. Right. So uh, when you have something coming up, you can really start to kind of plan ahead for it. And I've mentioned this before on this podcast too, is you might want to weigh a certain weight by Thanksgiving or a certain weight by Christmas. And then that way you can really judge, uh, how you're going to do things. But what I've found more recently, that's really helped a lot of people was this idea of trying to get rid of snacks, try to treat yourself a little bit more, uh, like, like a professional athlete, even if you're not, look, if you're even just a lifter, if even somebody's just going to a gym, in my opinion, you're an athlete. I don't care. I don't care how you're doing. I don't care if you're just doing fitness, you're an athlete. And so therefore you should try to treat yourself like one a little bit more. Give yourself 
a little bit more tender love and care with how you treat your body, making sure you get the proper nutrition, making sure you get the proper rest, the proper recovery, the proper uh, uh, hydration. All these things are all factors that you got to have in there to kind of piece everything together. But a really simple thing to start with, and there's many places you can start when you talk about diet. There's a lot of different things you can get into. But just scheduling, like when you're going to eat. Okay, and see how many times a day do you like to eat? Okay, you like to eat twice a day? All right, that's a little unconventional. Well, let's let's try, you know, let's try this method. Let's try this this way. Or you walk, you know, somebody wants to eat four times a day because they're usually fairly hungry. All right, you want to eat four times a day? How about, you know, your first meal is at 10 and and so on? Or you figure out when do you work? What days do you work? What times do you work? Oh, you know what? That kind of sucks. You're going to have to eat twice at work. That's probably inconvenient. It'd be easier if you only had to bring one meal to work with you. And uh, you can be very productive in the beginning of the day, even while you're hungry. You can have some coffee and do some things to kind of starve off that hunger. And when you come home, when you come home from work and you feel like you're stressed, you can kind of have at it on some food. Now we're still going to have to have some rules here, but uh, you can kind of get after it. You can fill yourself up pretty good. Maybe go for a walk and get your ass to bed. Yeah. I think that also, as far as um, scheduling out food, it's it's really beneficial because if you don't have snacks around um, and you like, say, you're, you, let's say you do a nine to five and you decide to have one meal at work, don't keep snacks with you because you're going to get hungry after you have that meal before you go home. Uh, and I think it, it'll be good if you just allow yourself to feel that hunger. Maybe you drink some coffee and let it pass by. Allow yourself to have the feeling of hunger without immediately getting rid of it. Because that's going to be that's going to be a big determining factor on you being able to have this get to the certain weight or the certain body fat that you want to get to. Because if you're always eating when you're hungry, when you get that immediate feeling of hunger, it's going to be difficult to 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 get to where you want to be body composition wise, weight wise, etc. Yeah, you got you got to stay hungry to stay in it, right? I think it's I think it's a big part of uh, nutrition, and I you know hope that uh, I hope there's more studies done on fasting. I hope we see more and more stuff come out. So it can help more people because I, I really think that um, even if it's just intermittent fasting and even if it's just like a, a six hour break from your breakfast to the next time you ate, I think that's all these places are are good places to start. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of research that shows anything like really magical happens when you start fasting a little bit longer, although some research that suggests you might uh, start to burn a little bit more body fat and things like that the longer that you fast. But I'm sure if you did a long-term study, it would probably show similar results if the caloric intake was similar and stuff like that. But I really think that, uh, you know, scheduling your food is going to be a really important thing. So like what time would you, would you have somebody uh, kind of schedule out their food? Depends on the type of person they are. So a lot of people that do have nine to fives or some people are like nine to sevens, nine to eights, um, if if they're willing, it is beneficial to have them pick up the habit of fasting just because like if they're at work and they are super busy and they have a problem focusing at work, if they can pick up that habit, it gets much easier to just eat later in the day. But if they're like, oh, I can't fast that long, then maybe just have them. If you like to eat breakfast, you can have breakfast, but it'd be better. I think just to have a meal in the afternoon while you're there, you literally just mentioned this, have a meal in the afternoon when you're there. If you have time to work out after you finish working, work out, have your last meal at night, go to sleep. Working out is a great suppressant for your appetite. <laughs> it really actually is. It sounds like crazy fitness, uh, hip, hypnosis type bullshit, but it, it, but it actually works a lot. Like any sort of exercise, even just going for a walk can help kind of starve off that hunger for a little bit. 
and, and some lifting or whatever it is that you like to do. Yeah. And I want to, I want to say this too, just because whenever you mention one thing that some people want to take it to the absolute craziest level, uh, when it comes to hunger, yeah, you want to get yourself used to feeling hungry, but don't take that too far. <laughs> like don't start feeling absolute like crazy stomach pains and you're like, ah, I can oh, yeah. go through this. Like if, if you're really hungry, like you're really hungry, you'll know it. Like I'm hungry right now, but I'm not like at a place where I'm just, I can't, I'm only thinking about food. Right. So don't take it too far. Have it in moderation. So when you're hungry, just let it pass a little bit. And if it doesn't pass for hours, go eat something. Yeah. I think using exercise as a hunger suppressant is huge because one question that I hear a lot is like, oh, I don't, what do I eat before I work out? Or I, I can't work out because I'm hungry. And then what inevitably happens is they eat and like, oh, I can't work out because I'm bloated. Yeah. Like, okay. So just start moving around and you won't be hungry anymore. Yeah. That's cool. You can... I mean, do you sometimes lift without food in your stomach? Oh yeah, all, all the time. time. Yeah. You know, the fasting is great because it solves the problem of like a pre-workout meal and mm-hmm. post-workout meal. You're like, oh, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. I never would have thought that I could work out fasted or without food in my stomach, but I feel great when I do. So yeah. there's a, you know, I think a lot of people generally like, oh yeah, eat two hours before you work out or whatever. And I used to be, I used to think that exact same thing. And mm-hmm. I used to follow that rule to a T. I used to think it was BS working out fasted. Um, and now I feel great. Like it, you don't have to have food in your stomach to go to the gym and work out. Yeah, it's so freeing. I mean, just like waking up and going to work, you know, it's like, I don't have to stop everything to cook food and then to clean the dishes. Like peace out. Mm-hmm. See you later. <laughs> more you eat, the more you poop too. Oh yeah. I, I still poop still a lot poop no matter lot. what. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, just kind of close things out. Um, a quick, uh, a quick quote that I heard, uh, today, and, uh, I was on this, uh, podcast today's fatherhood podcast. And I asked the guy the, uh, this question after the podcast was over. And he said, I, I basically asked him, I said, Hey, how have you gotten so many big time people on your podcast? You've really done a great job. And, uh, he said that he said that, you know, he's, a, he's, he's a big believer in God. You know, he puts God first and he's very religious. So even if you're not religious, this can still apply to you. Uh, sometimes somebody will read a scripture or something and everybody would get all crazy, but you know, you can, there's a, the word prayer is in here, but you can kind of replace that with, uh, with something else. But basically he just says, um, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So what just even whatever you kind of like want to focus on or whatever that you kind of uh wish for yourself believe that you've already received it maybe when it comes to lifting or maybe when it comes to finances or maybe when it comes to a car maybe when it comes to a house you know already believe in yourself that you can do you can achieve it already believe that you can make it already believe that you have you possess the ability to do it if other people possess the ability to do it then there's absolutely no reason why you don't possess at least some of the ability to get at least somewhat part of the way uh towards these things so if you imagine these things for yourself uh this is basically suggesting that you imagine receiving it you know this year when you go to worlds for jiu-jitsu um, already imagine already envision that you're victorious and that you get the gold medal and it'll be yours I think it's a great message. Anyway, I'm at Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram and you're the Natty Professor. <laughs> what a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you like the show and you like the style and you like what we're doing, please let us know. Please give us some uh, feedback on, uh, you know, we kind of have a little bit different uh, format uh, than we had in the past. And 
let us know what's up. And then the best thing that you guys can do for us, this information is free. Super Training Gym is free. And the best way that you can repay us is by uh, giving us some, giving us a review on iTunes. Appreciate it. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.